Every year, around October, November, and December, many of the largest organizations in the United States and across the world begin what they call the review process, where they review individual performance and organizational performance for the given year. It involves many things, but one of the things that involves for some of the top organizations is a 360-degree review process. What that means is that you as an individual are measured by yourself, your peers, and often your direct report or your boss. And that review process is the one that determines if you're going to get a bonus this year, how much of a raise you're going to get next year, and it can also help guide your career trajectory. This is Caleb, and you're listening to the Healthcare Analytics Podcast. And one of our goals for this year was to create a podcast, and it's going quite smoothly. And behind the scenes, who helps everything go smoothly is my teammate, Tatsuya Murao. Alongside of this 360 review process, there are many year-end reviews that take place in terms of presentations for team performances, for division or department performances, and for the organization as a whole. Usually, the the board of directors will see at least one or many presentations across the organization. The C-level executives will see their suite of presentations for the year, as well as vice presidents, etc. And the entire review process is an evaluation on performance. And fundamentally, it is about measuring what you said you were going to do versus what you actually did for that given year. And the end of the review process is essentially a forecasting exercise or a goal-making exercise to determine what you're going to do for next year. And this makes a lot of people very, very nervous because a lot of energy is put into these numbers, these forecasts, and these goals that are that are established for the next year. And a lot of people's careers are hanging on that specific number. So the purpose of analytics is to have objective measurement. And more so than anything else, analytics is the, the tool set that allows for individuals to be measured objectively over a given number of months, years, or decades. This helps because if you have the same measures that you're measuring year over year, then you can track performance, regardless of the individuals who are involved in your team, your department, or your organization. So you can say, based on your role as a leader, how is your performance year over year compared to others maybe in your department, in your organization, and your industry. And oftentimes in analytics, what happens is that a number is attached to you, meaning that after you undergo the entire review process, your boss, your direct report, uh, or somebody in leadership will say, I think you can't achieve this. And that number, whatever it is, is what you will be measured against for the entire year. And when that happens, Some individuals say, yes, I think I can. And some individuals say, well, that's a high goal to achieve given my certain situation or the circumstances we find ourselves in. And so I would like to say that in being able to establish goals for this coming year and close out that review process, there are some things that I have found that is very, very effective for establishing goals for the future and some things that are very detrimental to morale, to leadership as a whole, and to performance. 
So I'm going to start with the things that can be damaging when it comes to setting goals within a team, as an individual, and as an organization. The first is this, is that early on in my career, I noticed when I was in uh, working in finance that there are ways to cheat the system. And these ways to cheat the system are, are such, is that if you get a number that your direct report says, hey, I think you can achieve this because somebody who is your boss's boss said you could achieve this, and that number trickles down to you in some way or fashion, then how are you going to handle that because it's an external motivation that was essentially placed on you? And likewise, it was placed on you and then you are evaluated against that. And so suppose you don't meet those numbers at the end of the year, then your career is on the chopping block because you didn't meet that external goal that was given to you. And so people find ways to what I will call cheat the system so that they can give a nod to saying, yes, I'll complete this or I'll achieve my goal and yet still keep their career so that they can continue on with the role that they have. And there are two specific ways that I have seen this done. One is what I will call the sandbagging approach. And that is this, is that when somebody says, oh, I think you can achieve this, this, and this, then what you can do is as somebody, for example, in sales or finance or whatever, give them a lowball estimate, meaning give them the very, very bare bones number that you can achieve. And usually it's the number that you achieved this year or the previous year. So that being said, you can say, oh, yes, I, I think I can achieve what I did last year, given the same situational uh, circumstances. And so what it ends up being is it ends up being a negotiation between you and what you think you can achieve or that lowest estimate that you can think you can get and your boss or your boss's boss saying, oh, I think you can do 5% better than, than this year or whatever. And it becomes a negotiation. And so people can then throughout the year negotiate their way through it so that by the end of the year, that negotiation has already been set so that you can essentially keep your role and say, oh, actually, like I actually did 2% better than the previous goal, not withstanding that the the goal that was set was lowballed, meaning that it was dropped down a few notches. So that's the first way you can cheat. The second way you can cheat is you can move the goalpost as the year goes on. So suppose you have quarterly reviews, then every quarter you can communicate, hey, this is what I'm going to do this quarter, this is what I'm going to do the next quarter, etc. And you can gradually bring down those numbers to what you think you can overachieve on. And so as the year goes on, you're lowering those numbers, but achieving at the same or a little bit higher of a result so that by the end of the year, you can say, oh, actually, I did 20% better than my original goal, which really you've been adjusting that original goal downwards over time. And to give you a real example of how this works is that I was working early in my career in a finance department who was working directly with sales individuals. And so every month and every quarter, we would go to those sales individuals and say, hey, what do you think you'll do this year as far as, as sales? And they'll give a give a number based on the previous number. And we say, okay, that's great. And then every month we track against a monthly and quarterly process, and they would have the ability to adjust that number according to what their individual products that they sold did. 
And in that way, they had flexibility to adjust lower the ones that that they wanted to adjust lower and then increase the ones that they could increase forward so that they could tell a story to their boss to say, hey, I did really well in these products, but not so in these. But overall, my sales were above the given goal. And so there's a lot of trickery that you can do with numbers to make it seem like you're achieving the result that you have set. Because people in reality have a short memory span and analytics is supposed to help us understand over a long period of time if we're getting better or getting worse as an organization, as a team, as an individual. And so those are two ways. Um, And there are many different iterations about how you can cheat the numbers and or cheat the system when it comes to cheating the review process. And there are some people who go decades in their career knowing how to cheat that process and continue on in mediocrity to the end of their career. And I'm not trying to be cynical about this entire process. I'm just trying to explain how something can be used for purposes that it wasn't used for originally. Meaning that Suppose you as a leader have good intentions. You as a leader may have good intentions about a process that you're rolling out, but everybody who is working for you and or part of your organization has different motivations. And so if you don't have motivations aligned, then it's very, very difficult to move forward and achieve great results. Fundamentally, what I'm trying to explain is that there is a difference between goal setting and forecasting. And in this year-end review process, these two things are conflated. And it goes something like this. Suppose you say as an individual, hey, I want to achieve these goals for this year. And so you say to your boss, hey, I think I can do this much. I can. I think I can perform at this level this year. And they say, okay, great. I'll put that into the forecast so that I can let my boss's boss know or the senior team know that this is what we're going to achieve this year. But that's not exactly what, what I as an individual was saying. What I as an individual was saying was I want to aspire to achieving these goals here. I wasn't saying that it was realistic. And so having something realistic, like a realistic forecast, can help be a grounding force that allows everybody to know what's actually realistic for the organization as far as performance for the next quarter or the next year, but also understand that there are aspirations that people are working towards within a specific set of goals. And so aspirations are different than actual performance or what you think can actually be done. And these two things can sometimes be conflated and can sometimes be projected in a forecast where all the goals and aspirations for a team or department are rolled up and then given to the executive team as a forecast. And this way, the executive team may or may not know that this is a realistic forecast, but they're sure banking on it. They're sure relying on that forecast regardless if it is an aspirational goal or a realistic one. As I think about specific ways that you can use analytics for determining goals and enhancing the annual review process, 
there's a few fundamental things that have helped me understand the role of analytics and be able to help individuals, teams, departments, and organizations achieve great results. And the first is this, is that the most important piece is to focus on internal motivations instead of external motivations. And so what this means is that as an individual or as a team, what are the things that motivate you as an individual or the team as a whole? And if those motivations line up with goals, those are the goals you want to achieve. Oftentimes, many of the goals are external. And so the entire 360 degree review process is an external process that is essentially forced upon you, meaning you don't necessarily have a choice of the goals you set or their aspirations you have or the direction you want to take your career and or your team. But if you flip this on its head and you determine to have internal motivations about what you want, then it takes courage to say, this is the kind of person I want to be. And because of the person I want to be, these are the goals I can aspire to. So instead of saying as a team leader, I want to grow my team by three or four individuals by the end of the year, you can say something like, I want to be the kind of leader that attracts three or four individuals to my team who can perform at a high level. And from there, then you can work on the individual pieces that can help you as a leader become better. And those will then filter down into your goals in very organic ways. You can do the same thing as a team as well and just get everybody together and say, what kind of team do we want to be this coming year? And based on the team we want to become and develop into, what goals do you think we can achieve if we transform ourselves into the team that we want to be? And it's like anything, like in sports, let's say it's the NFL. If you have the Kansas City Chiefs, you can say to yourselves, oh, we're the Kansas City Chiefs and we want to reach the Super Bowl. But if you're not focusing on being the team that is capable of reaching the Super Bowl, then your chances of actually getting getting to the Super Bowl is very, very low. And so if you work on being the kind of team or kind of individual that is able to achieve great results... That can go a long way towards achieving results because it's internalized and your motivation is coming from the inside instead of something that's forced upon you. The second thing is that you need to be willing to rework systems and habits that you have. And this is part of that internal motivation to say, hey, I want to achieve great results, but in order to do so, I need to go back to the fundamentals and rework some of my habits and systems that I have put in place. And this is very humbling because what you're doing is you're essentially throwing away some of your previous work that you've done in order to rebuild a system that is more robust and is more capable of achieving greater results. And so at first, your system may actually underperform. And oftentimes, if you employ a new system, it underperforms. But if you tweak and you adjust that system, then it has the potential, if you build it the right way, to achieve greater results. There are many examples of this, but one of the examples I like to think about is NASA versus SpaceX, where NASA built a system where they had rocket ships that could go only to the moon, or they could only go to the International Space Station. So they built a vehicle that was capable of those things. 
Now, SpaceX, what they're doing is they're saying, hey, we have different criteria towards achieving results. And so what we're going to do is we're going to rebuild systems from the ground up. And so they've rebuilt rocket systems that were reusable. They built entire new systems for rockets that could reach Mars. They they built new navigation equipment so that they could reach the International Space Station and abroad. And so they didn't use NASA's old systems. They reworked them in a way that made them much more capable and more effective than NASA could otherwise have been given their resources and time and constraints. And so even if it takes some humility to say, hey, I think we can rebuild our systems and tools to serve our greater goals. And in rebuilding them, we can adjust and we can actually look towards a greater trajectory based on what we think the results will be of this system. And in this way, this is where analytics can play a very, very powerful role because you can use analytics to measure your systems and your processes that lead to a specific goal. And measuring specific processes that add up to a greater goal means that instead of being results-oriented, you, your team, and your organization can be more process-oriented. And there are many great organizations in the past century that have been process-oriented that absolutely dominated their market because they weren't goal-oriented, but they were process-oriented. One of my favorite examples is Toyota in the 80s. Toyota was one of those companies that dominated the market in the 80s, 90s, and today because they developed new systems and new methods for manufacturing. And today we use those systems and now call it Six Sigma. Um, we call it lean manufacturing and many other manufacturing uh, systems and or habits are developed from the Toyota manufacturing system. Because of that, Toyota was able to become the largest manufacturer in the world. And companies like Ford, GM, Volkswagen had to take decades to catch up to Toyota because they were absolutely dominant in the quality of product they produced and the speed at which they produced it. They developed ideas such as Six Sigma, which is fundamentally where they would have one error out of six million pieces or parts. They developed lean manufacturing, which meant that you had just-in-time manufacturing where you got only what you needed to produce the specific uh, vehicle that was needed. They developed a whole bunch of other concepts that we use in many of our organizations today, and it flows through to everything from manufacturing to healthcare to development. A lot of projects when it comes to software development do come from the lean methodology that comes from Six Sigma as far as what Toyota did. And so their innovations in production and lean manufacturing filtered through many different organizations and fundamentally through the world as a whole. But what they were focused on is the specific processes that yielded results. And so they would measure processes and they would give power to individuals who were in charge of different processes along the manufacturing line and within management as a whole. And one of the classic examples is that if there is an employee who sees an error on an entire production line, they can essentially turn off the entire production line to focus on that specific error and make sure that that error doesn't occur in the future. There are many other things that they tracked, but they've focused on the process instead of the end result. 
Now with this 360 degree review process, in my experience, a lot of people focus on the end result. What is your result going to be at the end of the year? But in focusing on the end result, many people don't necessarily pay attention to the processes that lead to that result. And so they think, ah, oh, I think we can achieve 20, 30, or 40% of an improvement without looking at the processes that lead to that result. And many times, any system reaches a plateau after a given number of time, and sometimes it can reach diminishing returns. And these diminishing returns can be very, very painful because the more you work on a specific system, the, the less your results will be. And so if you think about systems in analytics, then you can begin to build out, let's say, a development system where you can measure how much of your output is there. And based on that output, you can then measure also quality of your product. And once you measure output and quality, then you can input other metrics that can help you understand what things in your process are breaking and what things you can improve on. And so you can tell a story about the process towards achieving a result instead of the result itself. And that is much more interesting of a story because what you're saying at the end of the year is this is a system we wanted to improve upon or implement. And in order to implement this new system, we put these specific metrics and measurements in place. And based on these measurements and improvements, we're able to use this system to achieve X res results. And this result, we think if we improve these things in the system, we can achieve a 10, 15, or 20% result or a 2x or 3x or 4x result based on this new system. And oftentimes that's what investors, leaders, executives, and anybody in the organization wants to hear. They want to understand how you're going to get to a goal. And once you can explain how you can achieve a goal, then that conversation can be a lot more effective than we need to achieve a 5 or 10% increase in revenue or we need to decrease our cost by 5 to 10%. It's more interesting than that because what you're saying is here are all the systems that add up to a great result. And if we improve these systems and implement these new systems, then we can achieve the result that is expected by leaders within the organization. This has helped me as a leader and as a member in Arcos Analytics because what it helps me do is it helps me understand that I need to understand where everybody in our team is as an individual, what they want to aspire to professionally, and then roll that up into the team as a whole. And so I'm more focused on the kind of team we can become and the kind of person I can become instead of achieving an external result. Because if we improve on different skill sets, if we improve on different systems that we have, if we make those improvements, then we're more likely to achieve that result instead of just reaching and trying harder and harder. Because trying more and working harder reaches a point of diminishing returns. And I know this full well because there have been many years where I have worked 50, 60 hours a week for four, five, six months straight. And this is this year is one of those years. And so I think, how can I achieve more results even with working the same amount of hours or the same amount of time? And I think to myself, man, there's no way I can 2X or 3X uh, our result without 
reworking our systems and reworking them in a way that benefits our customers, our clients, and those we work with on a daily basis. If you have any questions or have any ideas about how you can improve the ways that you measure goals and the way that you forecast results, then feel free to reach out to us. We're open to that conversation. You can reach out to me at Caleb at Arcos Analytics, or you can send an email to Todd at TAD at ArcosAnalytics.com. Likewise, we are also on Twitter and LinkedIn where we post very, very often. Thanks for listening and we will talk to you next time.